Jokic currently leads the league in triple doubles. Value over replacement player. Win share. It's crazy. Box plus minus. Player efficiency rating. Offensive win shares. Two-point field goals. Assists. Uh, Two-point field goal attempts. Offensive box plus minus. Uh, He's fourth in total rebounds. He's 12th in points per game. Fifth in offensive rebounds. Second in steals. This is a guy who is literally dominating every facet of their offense. Welcome back to the Getting Bucket Podcast. I'm David. I'm here with Matt, Jordan, and Ethan once again. And uh, let's get right into it. Last week, we talked about the James Harden trade. And obviously, that was not that surprising. We'd heard the rumors for months. Now, earlier this year, well, technically in 2020, but certainly earlier in the season, we did talk about our expectations for the season. And I think it's safe to say that the, the standings are not at all that we expect them to be. It's already been about... 15, 16, 17 games for every team for the most part. Some teams have had much less because of COVID stuff, but generally it's been about 15 games. And I'll be honest with you, the standings are crazy. Uh, So I think we'll just get right into it. What are some teams that have been surprising you guys? I'll start with you, Ethan. You know, you've been on every episode. What's a team that's stood out to you as a surprise and why? Well, uh, the New York Knicks have definitely been a surprise. You know, going into the season, I thought that, you know, maybe they would be a little bit improved with Tom Thibodeau, but I still thought they'd be pretty bad. But I've been really surprised. It really seems that Tom Thibodeau has turned around the culture and seems to have put a fire underneath Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, who are both playing extremely well. He's also playing them like 40 minutes a night too, but that's neither here nor there. So I've been pretty surprised about the Knicks. You know, I do think that at some point they're going to, you know, like tail off because – their shooting really is still like one of the worst in the league from three. Um, so I do think they're going to, you know, tail off a little bit, but I think even the start to which I have right now has been incredibly impressive. Knowing that we have a Knicks fan on this podcast, I know how happy he is to finally see the, the Knicks performing well for the first time in like at least five or six years. So yes, sir. let's kick it over to Jordan and see what he has to say. Uh, dude, I, honestly, like I'm with you, man, that like, this was definitely a surprise. I know David talked about it, I think, in our preseason podcast episode that he thought the Knicks were going to surprise people and be a playing team, and nobody really bought into it, but I'll give, I'll give David some kudos because that was a pretty good prediction so far. Um, Julius Randle, who I literally was willing to trade for a bag of potato chips during the offseason, he looks fantastic this year. I think that beyond like what he's doing offensively and just moving the ball, I, it seems like he's fully committed defensively. And you have to give a guy like Tibbs a lot of credit for that. We, we know he's a defensive guru. Um, RJ, you know, he had a rough stretch early on in the year. But then he's really picked it up over his last five, six games. I think he's averaging something like 22, 6 and 6 on like 50, 50, 38. 85 splits which is really impressive he's also committed a lot more defensively uh the minutes are definitely a concern for me still i'd like to see the minutes come down to more like 34 35 minute range instead of like 38 39 
But, you know, RJ's 20 years old. I think he can handle it early on in his career, so I'm not too worried. But, yeah, Randall and Barrett are really impressive. Mitchell Robinson's been up and down. Um, he's definitely regressed. I, he's it, it, he's just not – No, he's not that he's regressed. He's just staying in place. He's not really improving or, like, showing more – he's always talked about wanting to show off some kind of a jump shot, but he's literally never shot outside the paint in his career. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing. Kevin Knox is shooting 41% from three this year which is super fun to me. He's another guy I would have dumped for nothing in the offseason. Emmanuel quickly looks like a promising young point guard. Toppin has been up and down, but solid. So I'm really impressed with this group. I actually think it's interesting. You know, Obi Toppin was taken in this like stack draft class, and I really feel like uh, Tibbs doesn't really trust him enough. And I guess that's part of his philosophy. Uh, you know, even guys like Alfred Payton getting like 30 minutes a game, who I, I mean, Alfred Payton, in my opinion, is just like, what? But if you look at like the Knicks this year, it, it really comes down to defense because they are they allow the least field goals per game. They allow the lowest field goals per game for opponents, lowest three point percentage per game, just under thirty percent, uh, lowest points per game for opponents. So you know that's Dude, they're the th- I'm sorry, they're the third ranked team with an adjusted defensive rating. That's crazy. And I really do think it's going to last. I, I think this is a testament to like what Ethan and I spoke about months ago about you know that Tibbs is a culture guy uh, above everything else and um, kind of kind of like Matt D'Antoni, how some people might say that his coaching philosophy itself might be outdated. I think he's exactly what the Knicks needed in the sense that they really needed a guy to come in and, and show them what a winning culture is like. And I think that like, I really do believe that the Knicks will at least make the plan. I don't think this is like a, a fleeting mistake. I really do think that they will make the plan. Uh, so I think that it might be close with them actually making the plan because the Eastern conference around the play in um, standings has a bunch of teams that are in that same area. And also, you know, the Miami heat and the Toronto Raptors are lurking right around the corner. And I I think most people would venture to say that those teams are in fact better than the uh, New York Knicks. But I think that Tom Thibodeau is having a very nice effect on the uh, Knicks culture. We can see that like, yes, they are uh, third in defensive efficiency in the entire NBA. Uh, But I think that at least at this point, I'm not so sure if it can if they're going to end the season at, at number three, uh, because as much as a, a coach can do for the culture and for the overall system, uh, if you don't have the personnel for it, <clears throat> it's uh, it's not going to last. And Julius Randle is not a very good defender. Um, RJ Barrett is not a very good defender. Mitchell Robinson is or rather was a good defender, but he has he is not really uh him plateauing is in my opinion the same as as falling uh you know if you're not if you're not improving you know what are you doing that's that's a philosophy that i have and look i i think that there's a lot of positive things to to glean from this new york knicks team and thibodeau and uh the gm is is steve perry right or uh, steve something rose baby leon wait who's who's steve perry he Scott got Perry, fired. Scott Perry. Scott Perry. Scott Perry. Oh, Scott, no, Scott, 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 Scott Perry is still, still the GM. Um, oh, I thought you meant Steve Mills. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Maybe. And, and Steve, Steve Mills is and, long gone. And Steve Perry is the singer of Journey. Any way you want it, that's – yeah. All right, so in, in any case, whoever the, the next GM is, um, I he he's definitely done a good job of uh, filling in the, the roster a little bit because – 
um, like Austin Rivers has filled in a, a nice little niche for the the Knicks as well. He's carved out some nice playing time for them. And having those little role players really help the overall structure of a team. And I just looking at the standings right now, the Knicks are sitting nicely at eight and the Raptors are at nine and the Heat are at 13. So at some point during the course of this season, I would like, I would take like a second mortgage out to say that the Raptors and the Heat will be above the Knicks at some point, which therefore means that the Knicks would be bumped down to, uh, to number 10. Well, even and so, so that's, that's still a playing team. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it definitely, it definitely is. But like, I could also see, you know, someone like the, the magic starting to turn around because they were a playoff team as, as well. Right. And um, I'm not like, like, I'm not saying all of this just to, you know, bring down Jordan's hopes and Knicks fans <laughs> like hopes everywhere. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at it. Like the Knicks, in my opinion, have maybe slightly overachieved thus far and the Raptors and the heat have significantly underachieved. And I, I think, I think that the, the magic are a, still are still a better team than the Knicks. Um, well, what, I, mean, what I, what I will add though, just to give a, a little bit of, you know, hope and positivity that I, I am very much surprised by this Knicks team. They, they are a solid team and next year they're easily going to make the playoffs if they continue at this, uh, at this um, growth rate and, and maybe if they add like one or so more other talented guys, easily like 41 win team next year. Well, this is kind of also, it's hard to predict what's going to happen with the Knicks is that I do think they're going to trade some of their best players. Like, don't be surprised if Lewis Randall is traded in the, in the, in the middle of the season before the deadline. Why, why would they do that? He's, so he's young. His value is super high, and he's just some, he's, some, some people think it is, it's so it high. is a and, and he's, it and is he's a contract playing, year, right? Actually, he's, right? he's playing on a contract year, too. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's, so, he's got he's got like an 18 million dollar team option, so uh, that's why. Oh, he, a team option, I, yeah. 18 million that's a that's a, a but keep in mind 2021 for a guy like him, yeah. But 2021 is 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 like considered the big year. Right, this is like one of these big year. Well, it's honestly start. It's starting to dwindle down. Like Kawhi is a free agent, but most oh, of free agency go back to the Clippers. Giannis just resigned. Um, a lot of free agency free agents are starting to resign with their team, so it's not really like as big as most people thought it's going to be. That's true. I mean, even even still, I really think the concerning thing about the Knicks is that like they're like you know as even though they're one of the best defensive teams right now, they're also one of the worst offensive teams. Much like another team that I find surprising, the Cavaliers, um, and. I, I just don't think that if you're going to be one of the worst offenses in the league, you're really going to be making noise. Like when you have to go 50, 60, 70 games, especially as we've seen with COVID, like for example, last week, I think like 11 players tested positive. Uh, and once one person on a team tests positive, it ruins the whole schedule. So I think that like in order to have, uh, you know, consistent firepower throughout the season, uh, you got to kind of bump up these offensive numbers. And unfortunately, I, I don't think that the Knicks really have the personnel beyond uh, Magic Johnson. I, I mean, Julius Randle. Um, <laughs> like, can, can I talk about one more thing? I just want to – I think a lot of credit should be given to the Knicks' new coaching staff this year because I just want to let it be known that David Fisdale was a fucking moron and I despise him with all my heart. He was a great dude. He was a great character, he, dude. He's just he a terrible was, coach. He was a funny guy, but he was also a schmuck. 
who didn't but we know also we know doing. why they brought David Fisdale. Everybody knows to why. Katie and Kyrie, obviously. Yep. Like, but the thing is, like, when he was like, he w- shouldn't have been promoted from the assistant level to the head coach level. Some guys just can't handle it. They're great assistants, but they're not good head coaches. We've seen like, it. Todd in Bowles. All, all, all across sports, we, we, we've seen that happen. Todd Bowles. Um, yeah, I mean, you can talk about it with New York sports. Um, but I, you know, I just like the way Thibodeau has got them to commit. They have Johnny Bryant, who's been a really good developmental coach with the Jazz. He helped um, Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard when he was in college, Gordon Hayward, all those guys' development. They brought in Kenny Payne from Kentucky, who's been like a big man whisperer all these years. Um, so I, I think the coaching staff they put together was terrific. And that's also a big reason why they've been, they've been such a, like a big surprise early on this year. And I was also listening to an interview with Austin Rivers, even about like uh, COVID and the way he described like the Knicks and how careful they are, even in New York, like we're, we're, we're relatively fine. I mean, it, it really kind of paints a picture that there, there really is a culture, like a buy-in culture. And why I'm mentioning this is because like this team, I haven't watched too many of their games, but they really do remind me of like the uh, first year of Kenny Atkinson Knicks. Uh, sorry, the Nets, sorry. The first year of like Kenny Atkinson Nets. Where, Kenny Atkinson uh, did coach for the Knicks. He did, um, but th- that that first like Kenny Atkinson year, like the Nets also did not have the personnel at all. But you know, regardless of what the record was, I think they're like twenty eight and fifty four. They they had there was just a lot of these these like fighting moments, and um, I I do think that like this free agency they are going to improve significantly. I think they are going to get the kind of the weapons that they need uh, to retool and kind of fill out their bench, fill out some starters. The one thing I'll say about the Knicks, I I, I still can't forgive them for not drafting Denny. <laughs> I just can't do it. I'm with you, dude. Our Israeli son. Yeah. How is so, uh, Denny Avdia doing out in Washington right now? Well, they're misusing him really badly because um, he's like a shot creator and they're using him as more of like a like a spot-up shooter. He also, I think he hasn't pl- – last time he played was against the Suns. I think he hasn't He is averaging 46% from three. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Seven points, four boards, two um, assists, one steal, twenty-three minutes. He's he's he is getting minutes. And he well, he was expe- he was uh, he was exposed to COVID, so uh, he's been out for a while. I think he's returning uh, tonight. I want to say. Um, yeah, he he's uh, he's listed as or he's he's yeah he's listed on this box score as active for tonight, but he most recently played on the eleventh against the Suns. Right. Well, um, I want to also talk about the Cavaliers because we just watched them basically uh, manhandle the Nets, the first game of the big three. Uh, Colin Absolute Sexton embarrassment. Uh, they, the Colin Sexton show took over. And uh, they, they, I think they've been extremely surprising. So I kind of want to know what you guys think. First of all, as Nets fans, um, you know, they just acquired Jared Allen, of course, and Torreon Prince. Now, I want to say before you speak that uh, Torreon Prince um, – my, my three least favorite Nets of all time in this order are Torian Prince, Alan Crabb, and then there's this guy who wore number eight. Um, he was a point guard. I'm really struggling to remember his name. Um, something Williams. I, I don't remember. Um, David very Williams. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, David Fisgon um, Williams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Torian Prince, I mean, those two games was just like hitting every shot. I mean, he could not hit a three. He could not hit a layup to save his life in Brooklyn. So maybe he found himself a new home. I don't know. But uh, let's talk a bit about Cleveland. They're another team like the Knicks that uh, really struggle offensively. And yet the Nets let them score like 140-something points uh, in two straight nights, something like that. So yeah, what do you guys think about the Cleveland Cavaliers? 
By the yeah, way, five, five players averaging over 15 points right now. On their team? Yep. Yeah. So I I didn't really like Colin Sexton up until this year. I thought he was a ball hog. He was like all points and, you know, nothing really else. Um, but this guy is averaging 27 points. Two and a half rebounds, four and a half uh, assists, one and a half steals, fifty-two percent from the field, forty-seven from and three. and forty-seven percent from three. Like it's it's unbelievable the numbers this guy is putting up. I I found this out the other day, like unashamedly, and I I couldn't believe it. He's Colin Sexton is a twenty-seven point a game score. Like that's something we're gonna have to like get used to. Um, and. All you know, stars. The rest of their team, yeah, yeah, no, like, like if it, yeah, like if you're putting up 27 points, you got to be considered for something, you know, all star level worthy. Or how about Andre uh, Drummond averaging the, 18 to 15? Right, but uh, like staying in their backcourt uh, for now, though, uh, they have another guy, Darius Garland, who has taken a nice step forward this year and is putting up 16 and six, three rebounds, a steal, uh, 44% from three. And uh, that backcourt combination of Garland and Sexton, it's a it's a really nice one-two punch, and that's something that they can you know really grow with for the next you know half decade or so. You know, they and, got uh, Yeah, and right, and they have Jared Allen too, and like what what David said, they still have Andre Drummond. He's still there. He's still a monster. Puts up like eighteen and fifteen. I mean, Kevin he's Love entering is, a contract still year. Around. He's right, going to enter like, contract year, so with Andre yeah. Drummond, it's very lucky that they'll trade him to contender. Kind of, I, I agree. Set the stage for Jared Allen. So now Andre Drummond, by the way, from Middletown, Connecticut, uh, he he's going to ball out. He's going to get his nineteen fifteen, uh, just insane stats. Five all like four point two offensive rebounds. That's just insane, uh, over a block per game. Uh, but unfortunately for Andre Drummond, I think that his game is kind of like in decline. Uh, in the NBA, I know he has taken a couple of three-point shots uh, this season, but he's not really a three-point shooter, and he never will be. So I don't know what kind of demand he's actually going to have on the market, but I could definitely see Cleveland trading him to a contending team that needs a big man, uh, like as a like a playoff rental, basically, like at the at the deadline before he gets his money from somewhere. Where that team will be, I don't know. But um, certainly, you know, having a nucleus of Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, uh, Chetty Osman. That's pretty good, in my opinion. I think Isaac Okoro as well. Uh, he has a lot of potential. I know. I think it's just his first season. Um, he's a he's a monster defensively. Oh yeah, terrific wing defender. Larry Nance Jr. as well. Don't sleep on him. He's a very solid player. He's huge shots. He's also shooting fifty percent from the field, forty three percent from three. I know it's still early in the season, but uh, definitely can't sleep on a guy like that who is a starter after all. Yeah, but they, they also have the the second ranked defense right now too. So, you know, they're doing all this without Kevin Love. You only have two games in this year. You know, he's like, I wouldn't say he's an all-star caliber player anymore, but he's a very good rotation player. Yeah. And they're, they're off to this start without him. So he's definitely, when he comes back, he's gonna definitely going to improve their offensive rating. So who knows what they can do? Maybe they'll be a playing team. You can definitely expect him to give, like, Kevin Love can definitely still give you, like, 15 and 10. Yeah, easily. No, yo, like Cleveland, I think is gonna be like six seed, seven seed. Like, like I, I think they're they're gonna easily get into the yeah, uh, playoffs. I think, like, I think like this, right like, like Colin be. Sexton is legit. Like seeing him torch Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. That was it. Was it was, un- it was honestly unbelievable? It was crazy. 
That was one of the best things I've ever seen. Like he just he, he had he had like what 22, 24 points in the overtime periods. It's yeah. that's that's unreal. He was he so has, good. He, he single handedly beat us in that one game. He was like LeBron too, like like LeBron yeah. on the Cavs too, where he had like like the twenty something straight points. Uh, it was like the yeah. exact same thing. I've never seen yeah. anything like that. The, the thing is, I like like the the thing is. So when I play like in you know the the parks for example you have the the guys that you're playing against and there's just like the type of guy that is crazy right like he's he's running around he's putting like 99% of the of the energy that he has into just being in your face and not towards like you know passing or um just just basically like the hyper aggressive player that you play against and um Colin Sexton is that guy like he has given himself the the nickname like young bull because he's just aggressive and is just always going at you and like that's the type of style that he has and it is annoying to play against it is very annoying to play against because guys like that over the course of the game they don't stop like in the fourth quarter you would expect you know guys are you know trying even harder but they're still they're tired from the whole game so they they aren't going to just be in your face and like basically doing you know like like Colin Sexton is, is just in your face and he is a energy bunny and um you could see especially from you know like like Kevin Durant or James Harden that you know aren't really putting in that same type of like insane extra like 140 percent effort it 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 burned them, it's especially because like Kevin Durant is not really supposed to be playing like 50 minutes a, a game. Um, but Colin Sexton, like he, that, that type of play is, is, is fun to play with, but uh, it's so there very aren't, like, annoying a ton of to guys, play against. There also aren't a ton of guys in the league with that kind of energy anymore, especially right. you know, like in a league where like everybody's taking rest days. It's just very refreshing to see a guy like just come at, yeah. um, come at like basically three of the biggest stars in the league nonstop. And actually I just want to say Cleveland, because you know, Brooklyn did still score so much on them. They're now the ninth rated defense. It's still very early in the season, but I want you to guys to guess who is the top rated defense in the league. I I guess the Lakers. It is the Lakers. It's yeah. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. I mean, yeah, you know, Marcus all is, uh, is big for them. I told you, dude, I told you guys that, Gasol is going to be big for them. He's been the, the the thing is like it's his it's his impact of him just being there, but he is averaging like four points and four rebounds. Like well, David thing is, I, I, he was he was never brought into the score. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like like David Visgon, like he impacts the like scoreboard well beyond the numbers. Like he's a guy that. That, yeah, no, that's that's the the thing that David Visgon did not do. No, that he did do with the pick and rolls and with you know the insane boards and you know the the, the hustle blocks against people much taller than him and you know the the, 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 the Lakers the the Lakers are actually like in my opinion one of the surprises this year. Like how we, we did we we did see I mean, them retool over the like summer and we expected them to improve, but it's to me at least it's. Even still, it's crazy to see how much better the reigning NBA champions have gotten over one summer. Even though, like, like we all saw that, like, Trez came and Schroeder came and Marcus All came and, you know, everyone else that, that they got. It's, like, to me, it's, it's still crazy that the reigning NBA champions are this much better. Like, like 
I would like I would venture to say that this Lakers team would sweep last year's Lakers team. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a huge jump. I don't know if anyone was like expecting that. But honestly, uh, what I want to say about the Lakers, what surprised me about the Lakers is that uh I think this is like the first year that LeBron's a bit underrated, honestly. Underrated? Yeah. He's he's got, um, he, he's he hasn't been playing so well. I don't think he's, he's not playing well. I just don't think he's trying that hard right now. Because I also like, you don't really hear about him though. Because I, I will say that Anthony Davis has been very disappointing this year, even to his I mean, own admission. The thing is with him and he's AD, been playing like, they're, a little they're, bit better. They're, 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 they're taking his own admission. He has even to his own admission, he doesn't even think that he's been playing up to the standard. He had 37, by the way, yesterday, Ethan. Yeah, for the first time. I mean, he hasn't played well before but that listen, game. You, are you guys, like, factoring in that they literally just came off a championship, like, what, yeah, like, that's two what months I was ago say. or something? Yeah, like, that's, that's like, they, true. Like, they're, they're probably, ago. like, even LeBron said it, like, right at, like, during the offseason, he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to take like, the first month or two and just, like, chill. Like, I'm not But really the other thing about the Lakers, I, I saw a stat, like, two weeks ago or, like, last week that, like, over 60% of the scoring comes from, like, the bench. Yeah, because they, 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 like, Polinka really knew deep. what he was doing. Like, but they're, he, that's, they're really deep. It was going to be a short off season, and, like, he needed the bench to have more firepower. KCP is averaging 56% from three. Like, that's Dude, just he's been on Yeah, fire. KCP has been a huge surprise. That's, like, this, why, this why do we need – like, the other thing... I thought KCP was good when he was in Detroit, and David used to clown me. <laughs> well, he was not that great for the Lakers until, like, the playoffs last year. You, you see, though, like what we were saying and the reason why I do think that the Lakers should be considered a surprise as crazy as that is. Um, like, do you remember when the Lakers lost Rondo and we were all saying that uh, that they're going to miss his it was that 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 they were going to like miss his impact on their team? They they aren't missing any of. Well, yeah, because, because they, have Dennis they just now. have so much. Well, right, because they, they have Schroeder and not only that, they have. Harold, now that they they got, they have Gasol, and just like their entire team is just just way more stacked than it was last year, and think, the results are are showing. They're they are by far the favorite to, you know, win the the Western Conference by like a what like like it's they probably have, you know, they're probably like ten to one odds to win the Western Conference. I I always said that I thought the Lakers were going to get out of the West and. Probably the favorites to win the title. I mean, their whole roster is stacked from top to bottom. It's like disgusting. I mean, we're not going to really see if they're going to miss Rajon Rondo on their team or not until it comes to the playoffs because that's when Rondo really starts to play like extremely well. So we're just have to wait and see until that. But I think they'll be fine. They got Dennis Schroeder, Marshall Harrell, as you said. So I think they're going to be fine. The Lakers are going to be great. There's, there's another uh, team that I do want to talk about uh, while we're talking about the West which is the Pelicans, because I think they've been really surprising too. Surprisingly bad. Um, LOL. Yeah, LOL. Uh, Ooh. What, what can we really say about the Pelicans? Where do you even begin? I mean, they added Steven Adams in the offseason. They added Eric Bledsoe. They added that to a group that already had Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I, I mean, I actually am not a big fan of Lonzo Ball, but you can't act like he's not talented in some situations. Uh, J.J. Redick, Josh Hart. Uh, Jackson Hayes. So you kind of look at this group and you think, hey, well, th- this has some potential. You recognize most of the most of the players. And I mean, the result has just been uh, nothing short of a travesty. So I, I'm wondering what you guys think is wrong with the with the Pelicans. And also they have Stan Van Gundy as a first year coach. 
Well, for one, Stan Van Gundy looks like he's completely out of his depth right now. I mean, I was also, like, really confused with David Griffin and some of the, like, acquisitions he had in the offseason. Like, Steven Adams, yes, he is a very good player, very good defensive center, but having that fit with Zion does this not make any sense, especially when you're um, you're not going to have any spacing at all because Zion doesn't shoot anything and Steven Adams definitely doesn't shoot at all. And then Stan Van Gundy has a Lonzo Ball playing a shooting guard, like, seriously, like, yeah, Lonzo Ball has improved his shooting from years past, but he he can't be a shooting guard. Like, he's he's not that good of a spot-up shooter to be that consistent all the I mean, time. He's shooting under 30% from three. Not so he's putting 40%. up seven threes a game and shooting 29%. Yeah, yeah so it's just, it just standing on these. Just, like, I don't know. We, like, when Lonzo is... Alonzo's averaging a career loan assist too. So even the thing that that people hyped him up for, guard. yeah. But so, but and like he's, is, he's he's playing with Eric Bledsoe. Now. Yeah. So Alonzo's at his best when he has the ball in his hands and is running in transition. He's his passing is some of the best in the league. So he can just really just create something out of nothing. Uh, so I just think that um, Sam Van Gundy is doing a, a pretty poor job right now. But even still, and it's not it's Zion, not his fault. Like you know, Zion Williamson is, is a great talent. And but he uh, stinks but on defense. He sucks on defense. He's good on help defense because he could jump like 30 feet in the air and swat anything, but like he can't really stay in front no, of anybody. Uh, like, he's, but is it, he's, he's very thick. He can't really he doesn't really have that great lateral uh, movement. Is it his fault though and, that yesterday JJ Reddick had one point? No, and also JJ Redick was also has been really bad. No, he's averaging like thirty three percent from the field. Yeah, no. they ripped my fucking fantasy team. My God. Yeah. But like, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you guys have been like watching any how many Pelicans games, but like Zion literally has possession defensive possessions where it looks like he just straight up doesn't give a shit and just like lets people blow by him and he's just not engaged at all and seems like he's way more like interested in scoring the ball. And there haven't even, like, I know we're always talking about, like, Zion highlights and, like, Bleacher Report and stuff like that, but I haven't seen too many at the start of this year. We I haven't about, either. Like, Le- like, LeBron, yeah. we're not seeing it a lot, but Zion, I have maybe seen, like, one or two, but, like, I would have seen, I expected to see, like, at least 10 or 15. Well, I mean, that, he they're, lost, they're a bad he, team. He also. lost, like, 15. Well, they, they were a bad team last year, David, but, but they're, they're, uh, they're Zion they're lost, the like, 15, 20 games. Uh, sorry, sorry, they're in the bubble. He, he lost, yeah, so he lost Zion like 15, 20 pounds over the offseason. So he doesn't have that power really, or he, he doesn't have as much power as he did uh, last year. So that could potentially be the issue. Um, but in in terms of New Orleans, it's just it's just a bunch of guys all underachieving. Like J.J. Redick not having a good year. Lonzo Ball... Uh, we saw last year that he had the beginnings of uh, being an actual threat from the three-point line. And then once he hit the the bubble, it just fell apart. And he just forgot how, like he forgot all of the progress he made last year in, in that, uh, in that department. And Zion as like, he has not taken that step forward. He's clearly hitting the, the sophomore wall, the, the second year wall. Um, that like a guy like Luka Doncic did not hit. Um, so maybe next year Zion will be better. Um, but really the only guy who's, who's kind of like maintained from last year to this year for them is, is Brandon, uh, Brandon Ingram. And that's, that's not enough. And the, the rest of the team does need to step up because they, they have a lot of talent and it's clear they missed Drew Holiday's impact. 
Um, but they they need to to do more, obviously, because this this isn't uh, going to cut it. Yeah, I mean, I, and on the other hand, another team that I kind of thought was a bit disappointing in the bubble, like the Pelicans, like like you said, the Pelicans, I think had a lot of hope going to the bubble, especially because they were allowed to play and they just completely fizzled out. Uh, but I, I think another team that that just really disappointed, at least me and Ethan, in, in the bubble, uh, was the Utah Jazz. But to be honest, they're excellent this year. Uh, they're twelve and four right now. They're basically at the top of the league. Uh, Mike Conley is leading them in win shares, by the way, uh, if you could believe that. Mike Conley is good. Like people were were shitting on, on him in my in my streak. fantasy league. Like he is good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and also, like I said, they're they're on an eight-game winning streak. Uh, they actually they lead the league in three-point attempts. Uh, they actually they lead the league in made three points. Sorry, uh, third in three-point attempts, second in three-pointers, and this is a team that we know can shoot. And I mean, they are playing like it. I mean, you have a team with Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles. Of course, does need to be said. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're one of the best teams offensively speaking. Uh, they're sixth defensive rating, fifth offensive re- rating. Uh, they also, they have fans too, which I think could help psychologically um, third and effective field goal. So, I mean, this is just a team firing on all cylinders and uh, I'm, I'm a bit surprised to be honest, because I don't think they really made that much noise in the off season either. Um, but I think they've been, they've been playing very, very well. We, we talk about Donovan Mitchell a lot. Like I know he's been playing really well, but Jordan Clarkson has really surprised me. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's averaging, he's like Dinwiddie off the bench. He's yeah, really like he's averaging. 17 four and four on 49 percent from the field 41 percent from three and 96 percent from the line like he he's a leading six man of the year candidate right now yeah, absolutely he's I mean, playing he's second scoring for them right now yeah he yeah he's their number he's the number two scorer right now behind mitchell gobert i think is tied for league lead in defensive win shares and defensive blocks box yeah plus minus. people people are, are gonna clown him but again like if you know people clown him for the contract i know ethan did i did for sure i mean uh, i still Allen. wouldn't i still don't agree with paying 200 million yeah yeah, yeah. but i i, I mean when the when the jazz came to brooklyn i mean jared allen just destroyed him like completely and normally like rudy gobert had his number obviously jared allen's not in that anymore i don't want to remind myself of that but um <laughs> you know Bad. results are results at the end of the day and uh, yeah, he's leading them in defensive win shares. I think Rudy Gobert is, he's still like the def- like defensive player of the year, like leader right now by consensus. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, 61% from the field as well. Uh, 2.7 blocks, almost 14 rebounds. I mean, come on. That's, that's insane. Is it 200 mil? Maybe not, but Hey, there's 12 and four. They're at the top. They're, they're basically, they're neck and neck with uh, LA teams. I think that's very impressive. I think at this point we have enough of a small sample. We're already basically like a fourth of the way through the season. And at this point, you can't really ignore the trend. Certainly, there's a lot of room to improve and falter, but uh, I think I think they've they've just been a very impressive team, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I I definitely ag- agree with that. Um, but you know, when you have a guy like Gobert, you you do need to pay <clears throat> you do need to uh, pay him. Yeah. So so especially so maybe they team. right like especially if you're a small uh, market team so. You know, if you you can't like give up the opportunity to uh, you know keep him on your team if you're in the Utah Jazz's position, especially you know because he's like almost a three-time in a row Defensive Player of the Year. You know what's and crazy the, about the rest Gobert? Of the roster is really strong. What's crazy yeah. about Gobert is that like he's for for the rest of his life he's going to be remembered as like the, the he's basically the face of like the COVID shutdown. Yeah, at least in the sports world. Literally, no, it's like not even just the the sports world. Like like him getting sick triggered the nba shutting uh, shutting down triggered the american society just actually kind of taking it seriously 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think people speak about that enough. Like, I feel like the NBA took it seriously, like basically before anybody else even did. Dude, the the NBA is basically the U.S. government, bro. I mean, if if Adam Silver, Adam Silver for president, yeah, Adam, dude, I, literally, I, I would, would, I actually would, I actually would vote yeah. for Adam Silver because, like, he has shown that his, like, he, he has a mastery of logistics and planning and strategy. Like, like, what more do you want from like a leader, right? Any case, let's let's not. Uh, Adam Silver's gonna run on the Patriot yeah. Party platform. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's crazy if that oh my goodness um well actually though i was i was thinking about asking uh you guys that this is a bit of a curveball because we didn't uh talk about this before we started recording but um what do you guys think of the denver nuggets because um they had a phenomenal showing in the bubble uh last year last year was you know four months ago um and at least like me personally, I was expecting them to be, you know, right in line with the uh, L.A. teams. I, I thought they were going to take a big step forward. I, I thought that Jamal Murray was going to continue what he was putting up in the uh, bubble. Um, and the the Nuggets, they're, what, one game over 500 now? So uh, Yeah, well, uh, first of all, about the Nuggets, I just want to say that um, regardless of what you think about the Nuggets, I think it's indisputable that Nikola Jokic is the leading MVP candidate. Uh, oh yeah. Ever since, ever uh, since. Yeah, I mean, well, I, well, I, I mean, like ever, here's the thing, Jordan. Here's the thing. Well, well no, no, no. Kev, Kevin Durant is the leading MVP candidate. But he, Kevin Durant he is has two stars. But, but Kevin Durant, has, I, look, I want. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you why. It doesn't matter. Kevin Durant's going to win the MVP this year because. Uh, has, now Ethan wants to talk to me. Talk about the Nets. He has the he has the whole narrative going. He's coming off an Achilles injury and he's putting up these type of numbers. I'm telling you, the voters are going to be simping for him yeah. because the narrative is, is just too good. I don't think anybody really. But, I don't but, think anybody really but, has a realistic shot of so, besides Kevin Durant this year. Yeah, but so outside of Kevin Durant. Um, but also, Kevin Durant is surrounded by two like, stars. Like Jokic, yeah. Well, like so. In in any case, though, outside of KD, Jokic is definitely the front runner in MVP. Like the the guy's averaging 25, 10, and eleven. He's but just, dude, it's he's not even that. Like he, a monster. He leads. I think the he's the best center in the NBA. I don't he, really care he, if people take Embiid. I think no, it's, it's Jokic. It's Jokic. Jokic currently it's definitely Jokic. Jokic currently leads the league in triple doubles. Value over replacement player. Win share. It's crazy. He's Fox a center. plus minus. He's a- Player efficiency not, rating, yeah. offensive win shares, two-point field goals, assists, uh, two-point field goal attempts, offensive box plus minus. Uh, he's fourth in total rebounds. He's 13th in free throws. He's first in field goals made, second in turnovers because he has so much usage. He's 12th in points per game, fifth in offensive rebounds, second in steals. This is a guy who is literally dominating every facet of their offense. You cannot separate. I mean, and here's the thing. I think that actually Jamal Murray's been a bit disappointing. He has been very disappointing. He's been extremely very disappointing. I think even in like clutch moments in games, he's just not shown up for them. And uh, so really this guy is fueling the nuggets. I mean, you can also talk about Michael Porter Jr. Who's yeah, the the anti-vax king, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, the uh, anti-vax king. He's he's playing playing pretty well for them though. Yeah, Michael Porter. (laughs) He's He's playing pretty well for them though. Now look, the Nuggets are definitely a deep team because uh, they got like eight guys scoring over 10 points. You can't discard that. But I'm just saying that like Jokic, anybody who says MB's the best center is a clown. Like anybody who knows basketball knows that Jokic is, he's having like an all-time great season. Uh, you know, he basically has a center almost averaging a triple double on an insane 
percentages, insane, like almost two steals per game. Uh, that, that's just incredible. I mean, I, his play style is also just so unique. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jokic and, uh, I, I think that the Nuggets, you know, as long as they, they, as long as Jamal Murray can get back on track to what he should be, which is like a, a, a not certainly not a sub twenty point per game scorer, um, I, I think that the Nuggets are gonna are gonna be doing fine, and certainly they're headed for another trip to the playoffs. And I think that Jokic should be the MVP candidate. Is the narrative there for KD? Will he probably win it? I mean, at this rate, probably, but I, I'm saying it right now. Even as a Nets fan, I think it it should very clearly be Jokic for MVP. I think Joel Embiid has a better case than Nikola Jokic right now for MVP, in my opinion. Well, it's just well, the net. The, if the you take Jokic off the Nuggets, they're not a playoff team. They're not even close. I agree. And if you take Embiid off the Sixers, I think they'll still make the playoffs. They're they're I, very. Deep. I I don't know about that. They're very Jokic. deep. Embiid has been very important to the Sixers' success this year. Of course, but I mean, honestly, the well, first of all, I'm a Sixers hater, but second of all, I think that actually <laughs> the biggest the biggest help for the Sixers has been Seth Curry. I mean, I I I, I agree with that. Flipping Josh Richardson for Seth Curry, uh, and I mean, Seth Curry is just also like you want to talk about all time great. I mean, he's having like like uh, really an unbelievable shooting season for them. And you saw when he was spot up shooters in the league in the last like decade. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously Steph gets a lot, uh, a lot of uh, the love and the Curry family, but but Seth has a very unique role. I mean, I like every, just like every team wants a Steph, but every team needs a Seth, if that makes sense. A guy who's as Damn, reliable. Bro, that was so deep. Yeah. Imagine, Fuck, if the War- Imagine if the ben Warriors Simmons kept him. Been, ben Simmons has been kind of trash, though, if yep. we're being honest. Yep. He, he's, yeah, he's he, he has kind of regressed a little bit. Ben he's Simmons. averaging 12 points a game. I mean, that's he's, been a, he's, he's still been a monster defensively. That's Dude, just not going to yeah. I know, but like, that 12 points a game is, is just not going to cut it. And he, yeah. he no, I, saying, agree. I agree with you. He keeps hey, it's 13 that, now. It's 13. He keeps saying that he's going to improve his uh, shooting. And it, every year, every summer, it's, oh, I'm going to improve and – you know, he keeps posting these videos against him shooting at some bums in the gym. Uh, I mean, Dude, it, 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 clearly if, it's not working. Simmons, he, he still can't. Simmons, he has his worst Simmons could easily goal. be a defensive player of the year one year, though. Like, like that's how good on defense he is. And yeah, if you can enough. fill that role for them, then like, if and he he does that and he gets like ten rebounds a game and gets ten assists a game as their point guard, like okay, if he but, but come puts up twelve time, or thirteen but come points. Playoff time, I'm I'm telling you, like. Yeah, no, they, his, they need his shooting ability is going to be a problem in the playoffs. Guys, guess um, I'm set- teams teams are not gonna teams are just not gonna respect him. Like they're not even gonna like walk up to him. Like I remember when the Nets were playing the Bucks, and like you know you have to be such a liability from an area when DeAndre Jordan was not even stepping close to close out on Giannis from three, and yeah. you you have to know like you you literally are not respected at all. When DeAndre Jordan is not gonna fucking pick you up on defense, yeah. At DeAndre all. Jordan doesn't pick up anybody. Anybody on no, defense? I'm saying yeah. like, like they was they don't respect Giannis at all. That like DeAndre Jordan literally was like standing in the paint. But um, by the way, I, what I what I do remember from that game though is like towards the end when the Bucks needed to close it out, they weren't giving it to Giannis. They were yeah, giving it to Chris Middleton yeah, because Giannis, he was the guy who can actually like deliver a shot. Yeah, and, and Ethan, the, you're yeah. you're right. It's it's gonna be like the same situation in, in Philly. Like if if they can only rely on Joel Embiid, that's not really good. Like if, if your superstar like Ben Simmons can't get you a shot, that's that's gonna be well. A, well, I think it already is kind of like that. Um, well, I also yeah. I just I, I just something really interesting about Seth Curry. Um, his effective field goal percentage is seven thirty seven. 
and his true <laughs> shooting percentage is 768. To put that into context, Joel Embiid, who is a very efficient scorer, his true shooting percentage as a center is 67.4%. So Seth Curry is like leading the league at almost 77 true shooting percentage. This means that basically this dude, this motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> I don't know what else wait, to say. Wait, in wait, the dude, heat of battle, his, he don't what's miss. What's his uh, numbers and and how many threes does he put up a game? Now I gotta do the. I really gotta do the the statistics. It's because I'm can, Jewish. Can, Is that why? Matt, 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 Matt needs the counting stats. You need to put can it. I, in can I, I need, so so Seth Curry is averaging. Um, this is as a as a shooter, by the way. Um, he's averaging almost sixty percent from the field. Uh, fifty six percent from three. Uh, he's taking five it's threes. Sixty-three percent from three. Yeah, he's taking five threes what? per game. That's, that's <laughs> he's taking five f- five threes per game. So this is basically that's like a, so a guaranteed. Yeah, he's basically that's like a, he's averaging sixteen point five points per game. Um, I mean, oh, fuck. Look, uh, I remember like years ago, when Kyle Korver. I know. Like, you haven't been paying attention, bro. You fucking casual. Kyle Korver had a had a season like half as good as this, and people were like fawning over him. And certainly, everybody loves Joe Harris. But I mean, Seth Curry again. I think it's just because his brother is so freaking good. I mean, especially now, like on like the on the Warriors, he's really like carrying them right now. Um, so this is like, yeah, something I want to say about the Warriors. I don't think they've been surprising or not. No, surprising, I know. I, I want to but, say I definitely think they're like they. But, they but also, like despite the way they they started, they have actually been like decent. Uh, well, yeah, because Steph, they've been surprising. Well, because definitely. Steve Kerr's a good coach, and also I want to say this is just a testament to how good of a player Steph Curry, um, Steph Curry is, or Steph too. But like you know, obviously with the super team with with uh, Clay and KD, and you know if you want to include Draymond. Uh, people accuse a lot of things about Steph that, you know, oh, he's not MVP in the finals, but um, I, I, I just want to say it on the podcast right now that I think that he, he really deserves a lot more love than, than he's gotten recently, especially because like the Warriors have been so hobbled and they've had this already like two straight transition years of uncertainty. And I mean, yeah, Steph is playing out of his mind. So um, yeah, but that, my point is that even with Steph playing so well, I feel like a lot of people sleep on Seth and the fact that, you know, he carved a really nice role for himself on teams like Dallas, Portland. Um, and, you know, he basically went from a guy like when he came in, basically got in just because of his brother. But like, you know, he has worked really hard over the last seven years. And he's gone from a guy who's the kind of like an afterthought, like playing like two games a season to somebody who like who he's proven that he can really be like not only a starter, but a really reliable player. Dude, it's crazy. If you look at his numbers from Duke, he it's it's a travesty that, that he wasn't drafted, especially when you look at how the NBA has become so um, prevalent on spot up shooters. Like it, it, it's it's ridiculous that he wasn't drafted. It's also so funny to me because like um because Steph, Steph went to Davidson, which is also North Carolina, and mm-hmm. so and Steph is young. That's just really funny to me. I, I actually didn't even know that he went to Duke. That's really funny. I think he transferred there, like after his yeah, sophomore went, junior yeah, year. He went to Liberty. Yeah, and he transferred from Liberty to Duke, and he was a four-year player at Duke. Well, they're they're like from Charlotte, that family, because yeah. the the dad played yeah, for, of the, for the Hornets. Yep. Yeah, North Carolina family. So, so it's it's like their their hometown uh, colleges. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I, I think uh, – are there any other teams that have surprised you guys just like uh, that you want I to just, talk about? I just want to give oh, a little – Oh, just the Spurs, right? Uh, yeah, I wanted to give a little 30-second uh, soliloquy on Kelvin Johnson because I love him very much, <laughs> and I hope he's very successful, and I hope he's having a nice night. <laughs> well, Lonnie Walker has been – What the heck was that? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> 
Oh my god. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Buckets podcast. You can, as always, follow us on Twitter at Get Bucket Pod. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, recommend us to your friends. And uh, you can follow us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, RSS, wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you're all staying safe. Hope you're all uh, continue to stay healthy. And uh, see you next week. Peace. And I and I hope Kelvin Johnson's having a nice night. Yeah, and I hope we all. I hope, we all do. I hope. Yeah, we all hope that Kelvin Johnson's having a very nice special night tonight. <laughs>